0: It's a pleasure to be with you again this morning. Uh, During the summer, we've just done a little study in this topic of spiritual warfare. And so we're going to return, whether on your device or your hard copy of the Bible, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And we're only going to look at one verse today. As we've been working through this series, we realize that our struggles are not with flesh and blood, not just with what we can see, but there's an entire war that's taking place in the spiritual realm that, oh, if we could only have five seconds of just a glimpse of what that would like, that would just change our lives, wouldn't it? We've been learning about the devil and the names that he has and his tactics, but we're so fortunate that God has given us his strength to fight in this war, and it is in these armor that he has given to us. A few weeks ago, we covered the, the belt of truth. Then the following week, the breastplate of righteousness. And then last week, we looked at the shoes of the gospel of peace. And now let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 16. And then if you haven't committed to memory, you could just uh, recite it. Otherwise, you can look on here And in Ephesians 6, verse 16, that speaks of the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Would you pray with me? Father, as we have been able to sing to you, exalting you, for sending Jesus, uh, the name that we all must be saved by and through. We have, we have exalted him, this risen one who hung on the cross and died for our sins. We now glance at this passage and see that we have been created to worship, to love, adore you. We've, we've created, been created to love and, and be in relationship with others. But there is an enemy that has set us in his sights and he desires to eat and destroy our faith and our joy, our lives and our families, our church and and the relationships around us. So I pray with just a renewed focus, we could look here at verse 16 and just see the hope that we have in this armor, this shield of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Samantha became a Christian six months ago, and at first, all was bliss. What joy she knew. She was a new person, shiny and clean, and she couldn't wait for Sundays. The scriptures came alive when she read them in the morning. Her prayers were passionate and answered. As the weeks passed, however, Samantha's Bible reading time was filled with distractions. Her prayers were scattered and lifeless, and she feels herself giving in to temptation. Today, she finds herself defeated and uncertain if she will ever know true joy again. Henry, he's walked with God for 10 years and been married for seven. The power of the gospel has been evident in his life. By God's grace, Henry has overcome a volatile anger, a sharp tongue, and bitterness towards his father. Lust, however, is still before him. And as the years have gone by, his lust-filled appetites have increased. This morning, Henry was surfing dating websites. Despite being married, he is actually contemplating having an affair. Chip has worn nearly every hat that a church leader can wear. He's been a deacon, Sunday school teacher, leader of the building committee, treasurer, and even the coach of the church softball team. He's worn out, feels taken for granted, and discouraged. Over his two decades at turnstile Baptist Church, he has seen many people come and go, and for the first time, he's contemplating exiting the term style himself. Now, Samantha, Gene, and Chip have all this in common, that they are experiencing spiritual warfare, and each of them are in desperate need to take up the shield of faith. Now, as we look here at chapter 6, verse 16, I've got four different statements for you. You have them there in your bulletin. The first is this. We have an enemy, and he is evil. When we talk about spiritual warfare, we're not playing games here. We're not talking about video games like Call of Duty or Halo or Wolfenstein or Clash of Titans. Or We're not talking about... Paintball or airsoft rifles or, or Nerf guns. We're being real here. If Paul were with us this morning, he would look in your eyes and say, There is a devil and he is looking to destroy you and your family and all of those close to you. He would love to destroy Highland Crest. This is real. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He lies, condemns, accuses, opposes God, corrupts, and distorts. You're here to love and worship God. But he wants you to doubt, question, and be confused about him. You're here to love man and share the gospel and disciple them. The devil wants you to fear man and his opinion of you. He stirs misunderstandings and conflict fostering hard feelings, harsh words, and strife. You see him there in verse 16. He is the evil one. He's trying to confuse people of their identity. He utilizes the entertainment industry, the government, and courts to distort what God has made clear. And he wants to destroy your faith. He is vicious. As we look here again at verse 16 our enemy attacks are like an archer with flaming arrows. It says there, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts. Before there were assault rifles, before there were grenades and airplanes that dropped bombs, there were a bow and arrow. And if you've Read or you've observed maybe some older movies you've seen that a Roman soldier, or back in that first century, it was often the case where archers would be called out at the onset of a battle, draw back their bow, and shoot up hundreds if not thousands of arrows onto the enemy. And these arrows were intended to inflict excruciating pain, potentially a severe injury, and even death. But it was just not the arrows. These arrows were dipped in pitch. Maybe there was a fabric around the end of them, then dipped in pitch and then lit. I Think of the movie Gladiator and the scene at the very beginning where there's this great war and the sun is coming down. And all these archers launch their arrows and the sky is covered with thousands of these flaming arrows as they're shot in to the enemy army. And this is the word picture that is given to us about this vicious enemy of ours that is shooting at your very soul, your heart, and your mind wanting to damage you. Let me offer a few words here of words of description. These enemies, arrows, are like a barrage that are flung at once. It's like all these things are flying at Christians all at once. Have you faced a barrage before? I think of times where I've come home on a Sunday or maybe a summer afternoon from being here at the church and I pull my vehicle in the garage and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing my lovely wife and my compliant little boys. And as I, I, I walk around the corner, I'm quite sure that Melody's going to embrace me with a hug and all the kids are going to gather at my ankles and say, it is so good to have you. But I can remember one instance as I come around the corner, they greeted me with water balloons. <laughs> and that was a barrage where they all at once were throwing water balloons at me. I think of another time where I came down the basement. Hi, family. How is everyone doing? And they greeted me with Nerf gun bullets and just just a barrage of them spraying up at me. I could think of a time when I was in college. It was my first year out of high school. And I was at a community college in Rice Lake, and they had a baseball team, so I went out for the baseball team. And there was no catcher on the team, so I, I said, I'll, I'll play catcher. I, I love to play catcher. And so I was practicing catching, and I noticed that every time I was in the position and the batter would swing at a pitch, I would blink. And I'm like, I really should work on that because I'm, I'm actually dropping the ball sometimes. So uh, someone had the idea of, why don't you go in the batting cage? And you can just catch these balls as they come out of the the pitching machine. As they swing, you'll get used to it. And I said, that sounds like a great idea. So I was doing that one practice, and you know what? I was catching them. And then one of my so-called friends was standing behind that pitching machine and says, okay, well, Chad, he can catch one ball at a time. Anyone can do that. So he grabbed an armload of balls, these little yellow dimple balls, and he, he put one in the pitching machine. Shoot! And I was there, and I caught it, and I thought, hey, pretty good. Next thing I know, another one was coming. And I had no time to drop the one, and the second one hit me right in the face. Now, I had a mask on, no problem, but it, it, it knocked my momentum back, and about the time I'm going back, I see a third ball coming, and it hit me in the chest. Okay, no problem, I have a chest protector, and back I go where I'm on my back, and a fourth ball came and hit me below the chest. And needless to say, I was off in the corner for much of that practice in the fetal position. Here's my point. A barrage was coming. And this is a picture that's provided, a word picture here in Ephesians 6. that when the devil attacks, it's as if all hell breaks loose and you are under assault. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his little book on spiritual warfare, uh, spoke about, he said, you know, when I read the Bible... I'm amazed at all the distractions that flood my mind. I can read the newspaper, I can read any other book, and I have laser-like focus. But when I read the Bible, I can't focus. Does anyone identify with that? Why is that? Could it be that there is a barrage of arrows that are being shot? I take you one step further. I'm astonished and embarrassed at the Thoughts that flood my mind when I'm trying to read the Bible. A man comes home from work. He's barely even put the keys on the counter and his wife looks at him and says, we've got to talk about your daughter. His oldest comes to him and says, hey, I listen, I, I hit the garage door with the car today. The, the middle child says, dad, I have a field trip tomorrow and I need $30 right now. And he looks at his youngest in the corner in tears. What's the matter with you? I have no friends. Nobody likes me. There's a barrage of attacks that come. And it seems like everything that you are involved in is in crisis mode. This is what it looks like to be under a spiritual attack, to be under siege of the flaming arrows of the enemy. The second thing I would say under these flaming arrows is that these arrows are targeted at areas of weakness. They are not shot randomly, but just review the Scriptures and look at the temptations that happen. They come at our vulnerable areas. Adam and Eve, you can have uh, fruit from any tree in this garden but that one. And that would be the tree that the temptation would be given towards. How about King David? He had fought many, many wars and... He, he, at one season of his life, said, I'm not going to go to battle, and it's the spring. This is when all the other kings go to battle. I think I'm just going to rest here. He looks out on that balcony in an evening of leisure, and with his guard down, he sees a woman bathing, and he lusts after her, and he commits adultery with her. I'm not suggesting at all that Jesus had weaknesses, but he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, If ever a man is hungry, it is at that moment, and it's there where the temptation comes to turn this stone into bread. We have this expression, he or she knows my buttons and pushes them. The devil knows our buttons and pushes them. What is your weakness? Is it a short fuse? Is it fear? Is it depression? Is it worry? Are you vulnerable... After a great accomplishment, or when you're idle, or when you're downcast, these are when the areas, the arrows rather, are shot at us. The third thing I would say about these arrows is that upon impact, the damage of the arrows spreads. These arrows are different than just normal arrows. Remember, they have fire at the tips of them. If you've ever watched one of those old Cowboys and Indian movies, Maybe you've seen the cowboys as they were going on their horse-drawn carriages and they were making their way out west. They look up at a canyon and they see some Indians and these Indians are about ready to come down and attack. And what do those cowboys do? They they circle the wagons, right? They make a big circle with their wagons and they get inside and they use the wagons as protection. And they're at an advantage because they have rifles and they're able to shoot and defend themselves from the Indians However, the Indians get wise to this and they tip their arrows with fire and they shoot at the wagons and what happens? Eventually, the wagons burn up and now those cowboys are, are vulnerable, vulnerable for the arrows. And so when the devil tempts us, when he shoots his arrows at us, he is not satisfied with just one falling into temptation. He wants to take you much further Than that. The devil is not content with you having a misstep in lust. He wants you to act on it, leading to fornication, adultery, divorce, and destroying your family. The devil wants you to doubt, but that's not just that's just the first leg of the journey. Ultimately, his will is for you to abandon the faith and become an atheist. Yes, the arrow may hit, but it's on fire, and he wants it to spread and control your life. He wants not only to discourage you, he wants you to breathe in despair and become jaded so that you experience a dark depression day after day. I got great news for you. The great news is number three. God and his word is our defense. God and His Word is our defense. Yes, the flaming arrows are coming. Yes, the temptations are coming. But they do not need to reach their intended destination. God is our shield. His Word is our protection. Listen to what Proverbs, we read this in our Bible reading this week, Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Psalm 18, verse 30. This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. God is our protection. When the enemy slings his arrow, God shields us. His truth is our protector. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? The barrage of attacks are customized for our own heart. Yet God has given to us his word to defeat these attacks. Fourthly, we must take up God's word and apply it to the attacks of the evil one. This shield that we're looking at here in verse 16 was approximately four to four and a half feet tall two 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 and a half feet wide. Now, back then in the first century, men were not as tall as they are today. They might have been five and a half to, at best, six feet. So this shield would have covered virtually the whole soldier if they crouched down a little bit. It would have been made of wood, and on the outside of it, it would have been either wrapped in a hard leather, that would have been like oil covered, so it would not catch flame, or it would have been covered in metal once again, intended to deflect a flaming arrow. And if I'm at war, and if I am thinking to myself, I've just heard the trumpet sound, and, and now all of my comrades are getting ready and we're grabbing our armor and getting ready to go out for war, certainly I would have my belt, certainly I would have my breastplate, certainly I would have my shoes on, and I'd have my helmet, and I'd have my sword. But you would certainly need... Your shield. If you had no shield, you could be dead by nightfall. And so it's not enough just to carry the shield. It says here, take up the shield. And what does it mean to take up the shield? It means when faced with temptation, to not just know the scripture, but to take up the scripture and to apply it to that specific situation. Tony Evans said this, faith is acting as if God is telling the truth. God, I believe what your word has to say, and I'm being faced right now by a barrage of arrows that are custom-driven towards my heart, to my mind, and I'm going to take up the word of God that speaks to these situations, and I'm going to believe on it. There was a missionary to the Hebrides named John Patton. And as he worked there among the people on this island, he was translating the New Testament. But he was frustrated at the thought that there was no local word for the word faith or trust. And one day, one of the islanders had run from one side of the island to the other side and was absolutely fatigued. And then he sat on missionary Patton's chair. And he said to them, oh, how good it feels to put all of my weight on this chair. And Missionary Patton says, aha, that's it. That, that's the expression I'm going to use for faith when I translate the New Testament. It means to rest all one's weight on God. And when we take up the shield of faith, we're not trusting in our feelings, we're putting all of our weight on what God's Word says. You know, faith and feelings are a funny thing, aren't they? When I was a little boy, uh, VCRs just came off the shelf, and we didn't have the money to buy a VCR. We rented VCRs. Anyone have that experience? And so you would rent them, and then maybe you would get five or six movies because the more movies you rented, the cheaper it was. And, and my mom and stepdad loved movies, the slasher type, the more blood, the better, right? So we would watch a series of these, one back to back, and then at the end of it, it's late at night, and we'd say, good (laughs) night. And there was nothing good about that night for me. And, And I would lay in bed with my eyes wide open. Now, even as a fifth, sixth grade boy, I knew that that movie was strictly for entertainment. And there's no way in the world a man with a hockey mask could be killed over and over and over and over again and come back to life. I knew that. But it didn't stop my feelings from being controlled by that. And I would have a hard time sleeping. And when I did fall asleep, I'd have nightmares. Listen, the same is true when it comes to these spiritual attacks. These arrows are coming at you as a barrage. And some of them are threatening to get you right in a tender spot. And you may not feel close to God. You may not feel as if the word is true at that moment. But you hold up the shield of faith. You hold up the word of truth and say, I don't care if I feel like it right now. This word is true. God is present. God will care for me and will defend me from this attack. Boy, there's more in one occasion throughout the week where I found myself maybe just at a, a, at a low point, a crisis, maybe feeling overwhelmed and, or a time where I just need God's wisdom and His strength and, and I'll come in this room and I'll just walk around and I'll pray. Or maybe one of these old songs that we've sung over the years. He is good, he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. He is good, he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks for he is good. For his unfailing love, And his wonderful deeds, give thanks, give thanks to the Lord. He is good, he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks, for he is good. And you know, I'm just being honest. At that moment, it may not feel like he's there might not even feel like my situation is good. But what I am doing is I'm holding up the shield of faith and I'm saying this is true and I am standing on this. Now listen to me here. The shield will not prevent the arrows from being shot, but it will keep the soldier from being injured. I don't have a recipe for you this morning on how you can keep the enemy from shooting at you. It, you are at war. The arrows are coming. But what God's Word says to us here in verse 16 is that there is a shield for you. It is knowing God. It is God's Word. And you must apply it, hold it up, believe in it when those attacks come. And something else I've learned about this shield this week This shield is not only for individual use, but it's also for use within the whole army. There's something called the Test Udo formation. You've seen this probably, where a person has a shield that's four, four and a half feet tall, two, two and a half feet wide, and they stand next to another person who has one of those, another person who has one of those, and maybe even a row behind them or two where they have those as well. And they not only shield one another, but they shield the person next to them, and the person next to them, and the person behind them, and it creates an impenetrable wall, a line of defense. Here's a magnificent picture for us, church family, of how we are not only to hold up the shield of faith for ourselves, but to hold it up for one another. You need to apply this truth to your life, brother. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and that steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I'm so weak right now. Well, there's a promise there. Hold this one up. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So here's the question. Are You taking up the shield of faith. Because I promise you the arrows are coming. And God has given you the resources in his word. It's your responsibility to know God's word and then to hold it up when these attacks come. If my boys were in the first century and they were soldiers and I watched them as the trumpet was sound, and they were being summoned to go off to war, and I, I saw them grab their belt, their breastplate. I saw them grab their helmet and their sword. But they they deviated, and they never grabbed the shield. I would say, what in the world are you guys thinking? You will not even make it through the day. Don't you realize that thousands of arrows are coming, and their aim is to knock you out? I would say, get back here. Grab your shield. Hold your shield up. It's your only hope of being protected from the enemy. And you may not be my boys or my children today, but I care about you. And you might not be going off to a Roman warfare, but your warfare is just as severe and significant the enemy is shooting temptation. He is shooting doubts. He is shooting arrows at your life. And you have no hope unless you are taking God and His word and holding it up to defend you from these attacks. He wants to destroy you. He wants to burn you. He wants to take your family. He wants to take your work. He wants to take your reputation. He wants to take your life, your hope is God and God's Word. I urge you, hold it up. This has been a very, it's it's been a meaningful week for me because as I was studying this, I got to thinking to myself, I wonder, have I let some of these arrows hit? And that is, have there been some lies that have been shot at me, that I haven't held up the shield of faith to, that I'm actually believing right now, and it's having an impact on my life and how I'm leading my family and how I'm ministering here at this church. And I I don't often do this, but I took a journal, and I just took some time and prayed, and I said, God, what are some arrows, what are some lies that I'm, I'm believing right now? And I took that at a personal level, I took it at a family level and I took it at a church level and I found out that there was some arrows that it hit. I confessed them. And then I, by God's help, replaced them with truth. So the next time that same arrow is shot my way, I'll have the shield to be able to hold it up and say, I'm ready for it this time. In your outline, I've created a little place Some examples, and if you really want to apply this message, this is how you will do it. I want you to take some time, preferably today, and ask yourself Are there some arrows that I've got through in my personal life? Here's some examples. I'm stuck, and I'm living in a spiritual wasteland. But this is what God's word says to that. I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. At the day of Jesus Christ, God is doing a work. Maybe someone would say, you know, I feel so alone, no one cares for me. But Jesus said, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You have a family, you have a church family. Maybe in the area of your family, you would say, I'm a failure at leading. No one listens to me. But God has a calling on your life, and he who has called you is faithful, and he will surely do it. For a righteous man or woman may fall seven times, but they will rise again. By his grace, rise again. Maybe at work, you would say, This job is such a waste of time. Why am I even here? And Yet God's word says, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Maybe church would have you discouraged, but you need to be reminded of what Jesus said. I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. To be able to take some time, loved ones, and say, what, what arrows are being shot at me? Are there some lies that I am believing? Write that out and then take what God's Word says about that arrow, the truth, and so that the next time you're faced with temptation, you can take that truth and hold it up. So, loved ones, I would say, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Let's pray. Father, the question that we have before us today is not so much, are we under attack? It isn't our arrows, temptations, and doubts being shot at us in a high volume. Or are they they strategic to get us at vulnerable times? That is true. The question before us is, do we have the shield of faith are we applying it in our lives? And may we do so at an individual level? May we do so at a corporate level? And then may we use this shield to advance in the enemy territory, to press in on the liar, on the one that has so many people bound up, And may we take this truth the truth about Jesus dying on the cross, being raised to life, that people would be set free. God, I pray in our family today that there would be just some introspection. God, what arrows have I allowed to get through? God, I need your truth to hold up, to defend against these lies. Help me to do that today, this evening, tomorrow morning, and throughout my week this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.